any current events that I want to talk about? Anything in the news this week that that struck you? Oh, um, Coca-Cola and their anti-white teaching classes. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Anti-white? Yeah. What's the story there? Um, so... Is that Robin DiAngelo? No. Um, there's a whistleblower in, like, a Coca-Cola, like, employee. That makes it sound so bad, like, there's a whistleblower. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but he went to one of these classes... Um, and he recorded it, and it was all about how to be less white, right? how being less white is a good thing, yada, 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 and all these employees had to, only white people had to take this class and that worked for Coca-Cola about how to be less white. Interesting. So that you was just put some food coloring on your skin and hope for the best? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, how bizarre, man. Yeah, I thought that was really... Well, what's interesting to me is, is that I might shut up. MLK. Welcome back to Rust. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> MLK, aside from being a Republican, uh, he his vision was you know people say like um, nowadays if you say you're colorblind it's like you're in. It's a bad thing, yeah. yeah. But that's literally what MLK's society, ideal society, would look like. Is that race is just insignificant. Like, why can't skin color be equivalent to hair color or eye color? Like, it's just a, a, an insignificant, arbitrary genetic trait that just makes you look different. <laughs> like, yeah, like any other genetic trait that you're born with. No. Nope. Yeah, I just, it's just annoying. Like, it seems like the conversation politically is so focused on race that it seems like we're moving away towards an MLK-like society. It seems like all everything that we discuss, every, everything is seen and talked about through the lens of oh, yeah. race. We're like literally segregating ourselves again. Yeah, it's, it's like, weird. I'm going to go for it, whatever. It's really weird. Um, I have like a video of it if you guys want to hear it. It's like short. Okay. It runs through like some of the. To be white in so many ways is to be raised, to be functionally illiterate on the topic of race. To be white is to see oneself as a unique, special individual. And every moment that I spend in white space, I am being deeply reinforced. I think white people should remove that phrase from their vocabulary. I'm not racist. It's not convincing to black people. Okay, now what do I do? And that question has bothered me for a don't. So yeah, you get the point. White. Also, she's white. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's Robin D'Angelo. Is that her? I think so. Okay. She's white, though, for sure. She's white. So she's racist. She might be Jewish, but she's definitely not black. So she's a racist. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, but I just, like, I was, because I, you can look By at her it. her own standards. Yeah, she shouldn't be saying anything. But she's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Making this little, yeah. white privilege. You can, you can, <laughs> you can take them, like, you can look for it and go take the class and, like, Schools are starting to use them. Yeah. And you can literally see on there is like one of the bulletin board is how to be less white. And there's those few bullet points. And it's like, I can't imagine if I made like a class I wanted people to take and it was how to be less black. Yeah. And it was all these things. And it's like, right. <laughs> I mean, it's bizarre. Well, that reminds me of the, I think it was the, 
American Museum of Black History. They came out with this chart last year. Do you remember this? Do you remember this, maybe? But they, oh, came, yeah. they came out with this chart describing whiteness. I very much remember <laughs> hearing about this. And it was like aspects of aspects and traits of whiteness or something like that. But it was like talking about all these things that are supposed to be good in society, like delayed gratification yeah. and like, uh, you know, math proficiency and like just all these things where it's like, why are you saying that only whites are capable of delayed gratification? That is just so condescending. Yeah. It's funny. Like, I don't want to be racist, but you said it, not me. I right. Didn't. <laughs> it's like that. A, a white supremacist could have written that chart, and you wouldn't have known the difference. <laughs> it no. was like, white people are basically smart, and, you know, that's what it was saying. Yeah. It was just silly. Yeah, I do know what you're talking about with that chart. Um, I really need to find that. Scene. Is that the building, like, near the Capitol? Is that where they... It's, it's so ugly. Yeah. It's such an ugly building. It was just astounding. Like, literally a Grand Wizard of the KKK could have been, <laughs> and you would not have known the difference. It was so crazy. But it was supposedly coming from the anti-racist. Right. It's just silly. Um, let me find this thing. Does it, does it look like, no, this ain't it, is it? Yeah, that's it. Oh my gosh, this yeah. thing is so funny. I think that's it, I just looked it up. Okay, this is literally, this is taxpayer funded. Okay, <laughs> you'll find this really interesting. This is a taxpayer- I have it up. Oh, you have it? Yeah. Okay, so one of them is emphasis on the scientific method. This is an aspect that's of white culture. That sounds awful. Meaning you believe in science. Like, just the things that they put on here. It's just re- a work ethic. That work sounds ethic bad. is white. Yeah, that sounds bad. So, which, <laughs> which just stands to reason that they're claiming that laziness is a black trait. If work ethic is white, whiteness, and apparently that's bad, then laziness is a black trait. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, like... Hey. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> they said it. It's so ridiculous. Like, I'm glad I paid for that. I helped. And this is this is what I mean though about like just the Democrat Party's history of racism. They haven't changed their values. No. They've just changed the way that they talk about them. They're so lost, man. Like rather than just coming out and being in favor of the KKK, they call themselves anti racist. Yeah. But they still push the same values. <clears throat> oh my god, dude. There's such like a cognitive dissonance. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, but it is really amazing to witness. It's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to a, like a reasonable person, but man, it's impressive <laughs> to see it. Like people really think this. It makes sense to them. I used to be a liberal a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I went like marching with BLM and everything. I don't even know Trayvon Martin or whatever. Which now I look back and I'm just. Was that 2014 or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Now I look back and I'm like Jesus. Well, even the even the. Obama Justice Department found that in that particular case that it was a justified use yeah, of force. Yeah, it was. It was, it was totally fine. <laughs> but, dude, when you're in it, like, you know, so, like, I kind of have, like, interesting beliefs about, like, how children are raised <clears throat> and, like, what environments they grow up in. So I was raised by a single mother, 
And so like, I didn't really have any like strong like male guidance in my life for like a long time. And so like for me, at least in my mind, I see when I look back, it's like, okay, this is how I wound up like in this like really liberal space. And I was totally into it. And dude, like, at least from my experience, it was total brainwashing. Like, that is literally what it was. You could not reason with me. You could not use facts to, like, argue with me. They wouldn't have made a difference. Like, my mind was already made up. There was no arguing, and that was it. So I was, like, looking back on it and, like, trying to understand, like, what's happening. Like, why it doesn't make sense is because, like, there's no, like, reasoning to it. It really is, like, brainwashing to a certain extent. So who would you say you were brainwashed by? Just people around you? Or yeah, people around me, or? public school, media, um... There's this constant social media. Like, when I look, once I, like, started drifting away from it, and I looked back, like, I was on the outside looking in now, I, like, I could see it so clearly. I was like, dude, like, you know, it was this a constant bombardment <laughs> well, of propaganda. Yeah. Brainwashing kind of implies some type of conspiratorial aspect to it. Like, everyone's in on, in on it, and they're trying to just... Trying to lie to you. I don't know if they're necessarily trying. They probably believe, though. Somebody's lying. Yeah, well, I think the original liar was LBJ, <laughs> in, my, in my opinion. Instituting the Great Society. Sure. Uh, you know. I don't know, Roosevelt, uh, FDR, not Theodore. That was like, Theodore was a badass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> FDR. Sure, I mean, yeah. Good on him for, you know, World War Two and defeating the Nazis, but aside from that, like, the, his domestic policy was just atrocious. Well. <clears throat> kind of all started with him, the, the New Deal and everything. Yeah. He was the first, I guess, the godfather of progressivism, which I refuse to call that ideology progressive, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Especially today. Uh, okay, I guess we can talk about this a little bit. But today, um, like, the term Democrat is basically synonymous with the term progressive. Yes. It's basically the same thing. In most people's minds, they just assume that Democrat equals progressive or liberal equals progressive. But if you look at the definition of a progressive. It's somebody who <clears throat> tries to make positive change towards the future. <clears throat> but, and I, I think in their minds they feel that they are making positive change in the future. But what's interesting to me is that they're actually going back to tried and failed ideologies, such as socialism. Things that we know for a fact don't work. Um, and that it's a regression back to a failed system. But they're calling it progressivism, yeah. even though it's the opposite. That's To me, that's part of the brainwashing. Yeah. Like, if you join the side that labels them the good guys, then you're a good guy. Like, everybody against you is a bad guy, and you're the good guy. Mm -hmm. And you're pro-choice. You're not pro-abortion. You're pro-choice. Yeah. It's all these, like, clever little things where it's like, well, I'm that, the good guy. I call that the language war. I'm sure someone has used that term before, but I like to think that I made it up. But yeah, <laughs> the language war is like, and Democrats are superb at yeah. this. 
Like, Republicans kind of have used it before, like the Patriot Act or something like that, but but Democrats, yeah, like, pro-choice, and all these euphemisms, or even just calling something the direct opposite of what it is, like mm-hmm. anti-fascist, who are fascists. Right. They have to be the good guys. Right. We're pro-science, so you're anti-science. Fascists, by definition, do not allow freedom of speech. And that's exactly what Antifa was founded to do, was to prevent Republicans from speaking (laughs) on college campuses. Yeah, Like, it's just all these word games and Black Lives Matter and, like, just all these, yeah, all these organizations and... Well, they're all connected, all the organizations. Fact checkers. It's, like, just the word games that people play and the changing of definitions. Like, racism used to mean that one race uh, sees themselves as superior to another or treats someone differently based on their skin color. But, I don't know, it's just the definition of it has become so mm-hmm. perverted that no one really knows what racism actually means anymore. An, inter- <laughs> an interesting one I've heard is that racism is prejudice plus power. So white people can't be racist because, never mind the fact we had a black president, white people can't be racist because they hold all the power. Um, so by that logic, I could go to Ghana, where everything is owned by black people, and I then couldn't be racist, because I don't have any power there, I could, you know, I could do whatever I wanted, but I couldn't be racist. Or even just a poor white person who doesn't have any power. Right. Still. But they would still call them racist, even though it doesn't even meet that definition. (laughs) Yeah, because his kind has the power. His kind? When really, that's not true. Oh my god, I wish we could. Who 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 do you? Who the fuck cares about race anymore? Like seriously, no one gives a shit. I've never met anyone who's like, no, I can't be friends with them because they're they're black. Like, it's just it's. I'm so done with it. I'm so sick. I care about race in the sense of diversity. Um, like I think it's a dangerous game to play. Um, because the thing the issue with diversity. Um, Wait, you care about race? Because you see diversity as an issue? Yeah. So you would be more of a... <laughs> okay, I would like for you to elaborate. Okay, so... You sound like an evil person. So, <laughs> the, I'll lay the bases out of, like... We can look at it from an economic stance, because we're economics majors and you're a chemistry major. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> um, every economic report that's ever been done on the effects of diversity and economy has showed... A negative relationship like diversity is never good for the economy so homogeneity economically oh, speaking always so. good finland sweden norway they have much better infrastructure than us they're much happier countries and you could argue that that's because they're homogenous there's no internal conflict between people because Japan. it's not possible right well yes but i don't think it's impossible i think you can have both i mean and America sure is, is a perfect example of that you can you can have both. I, well, I don't think I think diversity is just a neutral factor. I don't think it necessarily helps or harms. Well, that can't be the case economy. if the studies tell us that as diversity goes up, economic proportions, economic perform, performance goes down, and the reason that economic performance goes down is that social cohesion goes down. So it's a direct relationship between a split in the but community. But social cohesion doesn't have to come from. 
skin color can come from national values. Which yeah, no, is, right. Which is what the Constitution is supposed to be. Right. It's not the skin color. It's That's the issue. People, um, like I always say, like very few people in the world don't like somebody because they're brown. That's illogical, and they're probably insane. Something's wrong with them. They're not very smart. Um, the it, the, reason, the reasoning of, like, behind the studies of why social cohesion breaks down is you have, like, language barriers, you have morality barriers, you have religious barriers, you have ethical barriers that, like, you know, they're cultural. And so you can't really, you know, you can't just get rid of them because then you're making everybody, like, abandon their cultures. Just, you know, it's not going to happen. So the reasoning behind, according to the studies, at least, that I've read into, is that um, you start integrating um, all these ideas that aren't cohesive, and that will lead to the decline of social cohesion, trust, unity. Um, you know, nobody can agree on anything anymore, which is kind of the situation we find ourselves in today, in America at least. Like, nobody agrees with anyone. We're all very hostile to each other. There's a bunch of factions in, like, direct opposition to each other. And would you attribute that to the fact that there are many different kinds of ethnicities in this country? Yeah. Really? Well, you see, when you have a minority in a country they can always be manipulated. So if we look at how the Democrats manipulate minorities, like, at least for me and you, I think we believe that's a reality. For most, like, Republicans, we think that's a reality. Democrats manipulate minorities to get them to vote a certain way. Okay. And so if you see that reality, then there's, there's no end to it. Minorities will always be subjugated to some type of manipulation from the majority, whether for good or bad. So... The more minority groups you have within a country, the more splits you have amongst religion, language, morality, culture. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so you don't want minorities to be manipulated, therefore they shouldn't be here? I'm, I'm having trouble following the your conclusion. Where does that lead? For me, that leads to a large-scale decrease in the direction of diversity. It doesn't help anyone. You mean removing people or just... Well, that's the thing. You can't really do that. Um, I mean, you could, but you'd probably be... You'd have a few countries knocking on your door about so, that. I just don't see the benefit of even making this point, to be quite honest with you. I don't Because there's so many different things, aside from race, that can hold a society together. Whether it's religion, whether it's, again, national values... I don't see why you're placing an emphasis on diversity or race at this point. Well, because different races have different cultural values. They have different history. They have different genetics. They have different but behavior. But it's not, okay, but not necessarily. No, necessarily. In what way is it not necessarily true? What I'm saying is that just because someone's black, you can't just say that they have all these characteristics or they believe this or they have the, this certain cultural background. Uh, and even if they did have a different cultural background, the point of America is to include all those people. Well, that's not the point of America. So the original... As long as they agree with constitutional values, yes, anyone should be welcome. So how do you... Let, let's say we... Let's say that's the issue. Do you agree with our constitutional values? Which I'd agree most of them don't. We can see the product of that well, okay. in the democratic... <laughs> But that's, arena that's right an now. issue that has nothing to do with skin color, because there are a lot of white Democrats... Well, I'm not arguing on the basis of skin color. I'm arguing that 
different races have different cultures, which have different religion, values, and ethics. And it has nothing to do with their skin color. It has to do with the fact that they're a different culture entirely. But it doesn't matter if they're like white or brown or green. That's besides the point. The point is that there are going to be ideas that are not cohesive with each other. And if you try to flood a country with non-cohesive ideas, it doesn't matter what skin color they are. It's not, they could all be white. But it's not going to work. If you look at Africa... So your issue is more with... More with ideology than skin color. Right. So why the, even bring up the issue of diversity being a problem? Because, <laughs> because the schisms amongst the idealistic issues that cause these problems are directly correlated to skin color. Indians don't believe the same things as Europeans, don't believe the same things as Africans, don't believe the same things as Japanese. And it's like the skin color isn't the primary issue. You're saying it's it's a proxy indicator of ideology. Right. And so you can't take it on an individual basis. Wait, you're saying yes to it on an individual basis? No, I'm saying you can't take it on an individual basis because that doesn't work. Because now you're starting to sound... Like a not an individualist. You're sounding more like that's what that's what communism would be is judging, not judging, but <clears throat> making group determinations based on one characteristic that someone has. No, you ha- you have to judge people as individuals. How do that's you how whole, do you do that? How do you do that? You what can't. Do you mean? How do you let like let's say we're gonna say okay, America is open to anyone. As long as you agree with our well, constitutional values, how do you do well, that? I'm not, opening, I'm not advocating for open border policy. If that's no, I don't think you are. But I'm just saying, if that was the case, and you want to take it on an individual basis, how is that possible? Well, the alternative is to do it by group. Right. Which means, if you're from this country, then you're not allowed to come here. Or if you're the skin color, then you're not allowed to come here. That is much worse than trying to guess based on an individual level. That's why would you just disclude or exclude everyone based on one arbitrary characteristic? Why would because it's not arbitrary. It's statistically not an arbitrary characteristic. That's what the studies show us. That is not arbitrary. (laughs) This is why. This is the thing that got me out of liberalism, and it was really hard to get through. Well, you're. I, maybe I'm misunderstanding something that you're trying to say, but to me, it sounds like you are trying to <clears throat> attribute um, ideologies and group characteristics to individuals based on skin color, which I would be directly... No, I'm specifically saying that's not possible. And so the solution to that, since we know that increased diversity is not a good thing for society, for anyone, for the minority... You said that, but what I'm saying is that America is a perfect example of that not being the case. That you can have a multi-ethnic, multicultural society that functions well. At least, economically speaking. I would argue that you would have a very hard time honestly making the argument that America is a success story for diversity. When you look at other countries... It's the number one country in the world. What do you mean? In what aspect are they number In education? No. In happiness? Uh, in no. In GDP? Okay. Which is, by the way, which, by the way, is a huge indicator for all the other... Every other thing, like, life expectancy, we're always very high on the list. 
education, we're very high on the list. We're not, we're not very high on the list. We are very high. We're like twenty eight. Okay, but relatively speaking, that's seventy fifth percentile. And are we twenty eighth? Mm-hmm. Well, there are other issues. That's almost last in the okay, first but world. That's not due to. That's not an issue of diversity. That's an issue of lack of school choice. But there's very simple fixes for education that have nothing to do with ethnicity. I'm not sure. There's very simple fixes. There's very it. simple fixes. You would just literally. I mean, it would be difficult to garner the political will for it. But policy-wise, just it's one policy change where you just allow parents to choose where they put their kids in school. That would literally solve the education problem in this country. I'm not convinced that would solve the education problem. What data do we have? So That's what Norway does. Okay, Norway is a homogenous country. Okay, well, USA is ethnically diverse. But that's my point. The reason it's not going to work Why? is because it's it not... It doesn't make any sense that you're blaming the level of education in America on diversity. When there's, no, there's zero correlation... That's one aspect. And there is a correlation. There's no, there's not. The on, the on grade level reading level for African Americans in inner cities is less than 15%. Okay. Who's, because who's, they're not allowed to go to good schools. Okay, but the white reading level for those same cities is much higher. It's because they have more income. The property value in those areas is higher. So it's if we're making the argument higher. that the more money you have, the smarter you are or the better you do in school, we can still follow that trend among races in wage brackets and we see that the trend still follows. It all goes up, but the gaps still follow. When you look at SAT scores, GPA, ACT scores, they're still, Asians perform the best. There are a lot of historical factors that it doesn't seem like you're taking into account. These so property value all rises at the same rate. So even the low-income areas rise at approximately, roughly the same rate as high-income areas. So <clears throat> what I'm trying to say here is that the, these areas, wh- whether it be from redlining or whatever other issues that have happened historically against the black community, um, there's so many factors that are at play that keep these property keep the property value in these areas lower and it's not there's a lot of poor white kids in these areas too it's not just poor equals black mm-hmm. it's it's poor is disproportionately black I guess is the best you could say but it's not it's not these schools are performing bad because the students are black I don't so then I just don't see what I don't see see for me this conversation just to be quite frank is a waste of time because your solutions are either remove the the ethnic diversity of the United States in which case you would just have a white country how awful well yeah if you're talking yeah I mean I just don't, I don't see... But that's not a solution. That's obviously a terrible solution. Okay, so what what would you propose to solve... My proposal would be... Problem. A vast decrease in the amount of people that we just let come into the country. At least for for an X amount of time. What would that, what would that benefit? Economic performance, social cohesion, 
But what if you're? What if the immigrants that you're letting in are intelligent? We we get tons of intelligent people. immigrants, and I think that we should just be much more stringent on who we let in. I think it economically it would much if we're taking the best people uh, from poor countries to give them a better life. Which also I don't agree with for those other countries, but yes, it is what we well, do. Well, it disadvantages poor countries. I would agree with that, but I don't care. I, frankly, I'm a nationalist. I support national values on behalf of America. Um, I think helping other countries is important, but when it comes to global national competition, especially if we're trying to compete with China, uh, I think why wouldn't you want to have the best the best people in the world come to America? Well, you can do that without letting in tens of thousands of other immigrants along with them every single year. That Well, I'm against illegal immigration. I think there needs to be a, a stronger process for allowing people to come into the country. But I don't... It seems like you're saying we should base immigration on race. Not race in general. It shouldn't be your ex race, you do not get to come here. That's not the issue. The issue is you your country, you come from a culture that believes in these set of things, which is fine. But if you want to come here, you need to be able to display that you either don't agree with those things or that you're willing to come here and change your beliefs to a more American system mm-hmm. and then you can come here. Um but like I said that's so very that's very hard criteria. to do. No, that's what people get caught up on. You say well, but you said that, that behavior and race are related. Yeah, but the reason you're making it seem like I'm just jumping to a wild conclusion. You said that diversity is an issue, and then you said the way to fix it is through immigration policy. It stands to reason that you would want less uh, ethnic minorities coming into the United States. That's correct. But it's not because so they're it's ethnic. it's racially based. It's not racially based. It's culturally based. <laughs> Culture is linked to ethnicity. Is it, is it not? You said China is... You said we're number one in GDP because we're culturally diverse. Not because we're culturally diverse. I'm saying that it, diversity is a irrelevant... It's a neutral factor when it comes to economic performance. But that's, that's not statistically true. It has a negative relationship. <laughs> okay, show me a... So, what countries can you refer to? Because Switzerland is another example of multicultural, of a multicultural society that has four different official languages of their country. Switzerland is extremely homogenous. Switzerland is more than 80% Swiss. Switzerland? Yeah. What I'm saying is that... Um, and as it becomes more diverse... and linguistically... It will decline. Ethnically and linguistically, they're... So, I guess visibly, they're not super... As far as skin color is concerned, they mostly have Italians and Germans and French. So, ethnically, I guess Italians are a little bit darker. But visibly, they're pretty homogenous. Mm-hmm. But you're, what you're, you're making the argument that they don't have social cohesion. Um, but what I'm saying is that they have four... Well, they have more than four, but four officially recognized languages. Mm. That's about as socially fractured as you can get. It's not when 80% of your population is Swiss. It's over 80%. It's, well, no, they all speak different languages. What do you mean? I'm talking about the demographic 
that makes up Switzerland is over 80% Swiss people. That's not hetero heterogeneous, that's homogenous. Visibly. But you, you were making the point that diversity is a problem because it makes it difficult to have social cohesion. Which, it, that's a but fact. But they don't, they, they seem to make it work even though they don't have, you would expect them to not have social cohesion because of how many different languages they speak. No. See, language barrier is the one variable that is least ranked on religion is number one, and then it goes down a spectrum, language is last. <laughs> Dude, I like you, you're my friend, but I just, I don't see the point in making the argument that the United States should be less, less ethnically diverse, more homogenous. I don't see the benefit. Like, we're already so, we're already performing so economically well. Why That's you... the issue, is that economic performance is not the end-all, be-all of your social system. China's number two. Do any of us want to go live in China? Probably not. No. It's not a nice, homogenous. It's so not it a nice place. It doesn't matter. Why, why would race homogeneity have anything to do with how much you want to live in a country? Everyone in the world wants to come to the U.S. Right. Nobody wants to go to China. Right. Maybe a couple. But and they're homogenous. China's simply not a good place. Homogeneity is, is an important factor at all. If it's not an important factor, why would it have a statistical relationship well, with... Well, you keep saying that, but show, give, me, give me some examples. I, I don't have my computer. Um, well, I, might, I can probably find one on my phone. A, you're making a, a very strong claim as if, you, as if you have done a lot of research into this topic. Right. So you can't give me an example. Well, I haven't memorized the paper now. I'm writing a paper, actually, right now with June about this very topic, and we talk about it all the time. And he, you know, I'm we not... talked about the very aspect that diversity leads to a worse-off performing country. Yeah. So I'm not going to argue with you that just countries that have shared characteristics um, are much more efficient in terms of governing but more like probably the biggest indicator is how quickly you can move your society into action but is that necessarily what you want to do like I don't know gridlock seems to <laughs> seems to work out uh, in the end like you don't you don't want change to happen too rapidly. No, you don't. Um, but, <clears throat> but this is the first paper that popped up. It's New Zealand Association of Economics, Economists. Um, in this paper, we identified racial diversity as a causal factor for differences in economic growth across 48 contiguous states in the, United, in the United States. We find that racial diversity is the only statistically significant measure contributing negatively towards GDP, GSP, sorry, which would overall relate to GDP, I guess. Per capita growth. GSP stand for? Gross state product. The cumulative would get GDP. What are some of the resources that you use on the reverse side of this, where diversity is a, a positive impact for? What kind of sources have you looked in for that? Well, so the studies that generally look for this thing, mm -hmm. obviously are not popular studies because um, people don't seem to be interested in the topic. Um, so it's not... The economic impact is 
the thing they look at last. The thing they look at first that ends up influencing the economic impact is how much people trust each other, like neighbors, crime rates, um, homogeneity of like religion, ideas. Like mm-hmm. people in Europe more or less believe the same things, and people in Asia more or less believe the same things. Not all the time, but it's more. It's pretty. People in Europe believe in the free market, they believe in individualism, they believe in all these Western ideas, people in the East believe in the Eastern ideas. I think that's a fair split. Okay. It's not always the same, but, you know, pretty even, pretty okay. similar. So they look for these social factors first, like, like what I just said. How is crime? How is health? Like, how healthy are people? How is the infrastructure for uh, transportation, for the medical industry? How much do people trust each other? How much do people like each other? Are people getting along? Um, are social relations volatile? And then based off of that, okay. based off whatever's happening within those variables, they plug that in, they plug that data in, and then they look at GDP, and they compare it to countries with other variables. And by whatever relation formed, good or bad, it's always bad, um, they say diversity has such and such impact on economics, on economic output, and then this is why. So, can you show me an example of another country that has high ethnic diversity? So, South Africa would be an example, but that's a... There's a reason that America is considered exceptional, is because in spite of not having... America is a perfect example of... of uh, civic nationalism working out where people are able to rise above just the arbitrary like skin color um, and other you know Hmm. trying to think of religion uh, and even ideology as long as (laughs) you believe in the constitution and that's a big if, if. <laughs> yeah. but but I mean American exceptionalism is it's obviously been shown to be the case so like South Africa they don't have American national values um, mm. and so obviously what you see is one in that case oddly enough it's the minority class ruling over the majority class mm-hmm. but what other countries are there that have a huge mix of ethnicities that don't that don't perform well. All of Africa. All of Africa. Extremely. Isn't everyone? Everybody's black, yes, okay. but um, Africa is one of the reasons that Africa performs so poorly consistently, and it's so violent and poor, is because of the huge amounts of uh, heterogeneous beliefs. And it's not based on skin yeah. color. It's based off of religion, culture, and language. And language. And that's what. I, that's the point that I was trying to make about Switzerland. Right, but you don't. You don't languages. find the same thing in Switzerland. Just because you have the same, they have the same skin color, in Africa, doesn't mean that they're going to agree on a lot of things. And that's, and it doesn't mean that their society is going to work well efficiently. So that, that was the point I was trying to make. No, I get what you're saying. Um, I think the main difference is that um, 
when you look at these variables and you measure, okay, like, how, how much does this matter? Language is last, and religion is first. So religious barriers are the biggest thing that prevent people from getting along because, you know, different religions have different morals and ethics, and if you have different morals and ethics, you're not, you're not going to agree on pretty much anything, uh, depending on how far apart you are. Um, and there's a, a spec, there's like a, it's like a chart or a map kind of thing, and I don't remember who made it, but it's, it's like a spectrum of like which ideologies, how compatible is X ideology to Y ideology to Z ideology. And like, you know, there's a spectrum between, it goes like from the top to the bottom, and the further apart you are, the, the least likely you are to be cohesive. Okay, but isn't that the beauty of liberalism, is that everyone can live together in a society as long as they're willing to grant the same freedom to the person. Yeah, no, it's a great idea. I just don't think it's worked in America. I don't see how you could possibly, do you not think that America is the best country in the world? Mm, I think it used to be. Where would you live outside of the U.S.? <laughs> it's a toss-up between... <laughs> it's a bad toss-up. Um, you know, there really aren't any... Just the fact that... Free places to live anymore. Well, that's I don't what I think. mean. It's in terms of just... We're not, we're not number one in a whole lot of categories, but we're, we consistently are in the you know, top 20% in almost everything. So it's like, it's not like we're just the best in every category, but, or just really good at one thing. It's like, we're consistent across the board, and it's like, every measurement that you look at the U.S. is going to be ranked relatively high compared to the rest of the world. And that's not been the case for me. Education, health infrastructure, well, you keep transportation. Education, but we do rank relatively high compared to the rest of the world. Maybe compared not to the rest of the world, sure. Yeah. Compared to the rest so of the first said. world, no. Yeah, we're at like 28, on average, 28th out of 30 first world countries. We're last, pretty much. So, okay. of the first so. world countries. So, yes, we perform better. I'm not necessarily agreeing completely with you, but yes, we aren't. Yes, we aren't. We are typically better than a lot of other countries, yes. But if we're talking about like first world countries, we're pretty terrible. Yeah, so. and I would I would just argue because that is one of the few areas in the U.S. and it, I don't see it trending in a positive direction. I would grant that, but that's one of the few areas that is just due to a lack of freedom. It's a lack of of democratic choice, freedom to choose where to go to school, like <clears throat> that. To me, is is an issue that is relatively easy to solve compared to <laughs> everything else. But, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah, I think you were in the middle of making a point. When you so was I? Education. But, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think... I totally agree with you that if everybody could live together in practice the same ideas and leave each other alone, that would be wonderful. That would be a great place to live, and I'd want to live there. I just don't think that exists, and I especially well, don't think it exists here. Okay, but it did for a long time, and it was mutually agreed upon between everyone that the Constitution is what, we've, is what we're going to choose to abide by. The problem is that there is a large percentage of people that have dismissed that idea and want to 
exercise control over another group, but it's not it's not racially it's not racially motivated, but it is politically motivated. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, anytime one side wants to censor the other, that's that's you've already lost your founding principles at that point. So it doesn't work after that. My only point is that civic nationalism is much more preferable, in my opinion, to ethnic nationalism. That's a, no, that's a fair opinion. <laughs> I just don't agree, but that's a fair opinion. So, in an ideal world, would you just would the U.S. just be a white country? In an ideal world, everybody would leave each other alone and not bother anyone and really not give aid to anyone unless it was like some awful catastrophe and I think everybody would be a lot happier. Nobody's culture would be diminished, nobody would be a minority anywhere, nobody would you know, there would I, I think it would solve a lot of problems. And like you know, you try to say these things I don't know if you answer my question. In an ideal world would the US be a white nation? What are my, what are my um, variables for ideal? Like what, my ideal world might not be your ideal world. Well, What's okay? You're saying ethnically diverse countries don't perform as well as homogenous countries. Mm. It seems like in your ideal world that the U.S. would just be a white nation, like uh, 98%. In an ideal world the U.S. would be a lot less diverse than it is. By yeah. what percentage? I have no the idea. The less diversity, the better. I, yeah, maybe. The, I think it's a... there's so a not just there's a, 100% white? I don't think that's how it works. I think it's a spectrum. <laughs> I think there's a good amount of diversity. I know you don't want to say it, but what I'm the point that I'm trying to make is that if you reach the logical conclusion of what you're arguing for, what you are saying is that ideally the United States would just be only white people. I don't think that's the logical conclusion. Well, if diversity is bad, then why would you want diversity? The so less of it, the better. There's no study that on Earth that exists that has concluded this amount of diversity is like, perfect. All it says is that, all the studies tell us is that as diversity increases, economic proportion declines via social relations. I think that... But you can put an asterisk and say, except America. I don't think so. America has never been... <laughs> America only gets more divided. I don't see... I think you, you're caught up on the fact that we do well GDP-wise, and that's like, you know, boom, we're good. But there's well, but so many other... Well, you that economic performance. You said that diversity, higher diversity equals worse economic performance. And it does. So I'm directly right. attacking what you're trying to say. Right. My, my conclusion isn't drawn from economic performance per se. The conclusion is drawn from why that relationship exists. Why does economic performance go down? Because of these reasons. So you can have a, a really huge economy so and do well. If you want a good economy, why not just have all white people? I, because I don't, I'm not sure you would get a good economy just because everybody's black or white. I think that's the point. Okay, I must be misunderstanding something, because that is the point that you've been making this entire time. Unless no, I've never said that. You're if saying you... more homogenous societies 
equal better economic performance. That's right? true. Is that what he said? That's true. <laughs> okay. But so. I didn't say that 100% homogeneity is absolutely necessary to have a functioning economy. So you're saying, basically, it doesn't matter, like, what ethnicity per se, but as long as they believe the same things? Right. You Everyone need, believes the same thing? You need to have some sort of cohesion. Yeah. And you need to mostly... Well, now it seems like you agree with what I've been saying this whole time. <laughs> well, no, it's just that... I just don't... It's not a zero or 100. It feels to me like... It feels to me like... If, if we just go based off what you just said, then we 100% agree. But you're also adding this racial element to it, which, in my opinion, is completely irrelevant. But for you, it, it seems like you're making the argument that... Diversity is a bad thing. Diversity and is I, a I'm bad thing is to a certain diversity extent. Diversity is neutral. I'm not saying that it's it's just the greatest thing ever. More more you know black power or whatever. Like I'm just saying it's a neutral factor. Why why even view the world in that way? Where it's like I guess I it, I understand from if you're just uh, from a research perspective, like oh interesting like interesting observation like countries that have you know, more ethnic homogeneity tend to perform better. But why, what benefit, what conclusions can you draw that we can implement in America that would even matter? Um, so if you're a nationalist, I don't know how nationalism is on a spectrum, but I'm a nationalist too, and to me, my country's cultural values, practices, and traditions are extremely important. The more diverse we get, the less those things matter and the more they are eroded, which I'm not interested why in. Can't, why can't... You seem to have the impression that an ethnic minority can't have the same cultural values or the same civic values as you. Which they can. Yes. Right. That's the point that I'm trying to make, is that civic nationalism rises above skin color. I Maybe on an individual case, but in a at-large case in the world, it absolutely doesn't. If you take an average Indian and bring them over here, they're going to have Indian beliefs. Maybe a certain Indian over there might not, but if you were to take an average Indian or an average Muslim or an average Filipino, Japanese, the average are going to have their cultural beliefs, traditions, mm-hmm. and values, and they're going to want to bring them with him. Which well, is fine. Okay, they, should, they, they, should, they should be oh, able okay, to. What were you gonna say? They're not necessarily going to want to force other people to believe the things that they do. I mean... Unlike it seems like it seems like here in America it's like oh you want to be as Christian white believe the exact same things as possible mm-hmm. and it, we they don't really that group of people seems to have more of a desire in tr- in making other people like them opposed to that smaller group of ethnically different or culturally different people want to make that gr- the other group that way. I mean, it seems like there's more of a, I don't know, there seems to be more of a desire in a sense to have the Christian white group of people change up the minorities than the minorities trying to change that the well, majority. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? If if you have certain rules in your house, like don't wear your shoes or whatever, mm-hmm. and I go over to your house and you want me to take my shoes off, that's exactly what's happening. You're telling me, the minority in your house, how what rules you want me to abide by, 
which is, I think that's fair. If, when, when you bring, uh, let's say you bring, just snap 500 Indians over into America in a city, what they're going to do is they're going to go live in the same neighborhood all around each other because that's what happens. That's what's expected. Like, that's normal human behavior. So the whole idea of civic nationalism, like, concluding in cohesion, like, I just don't see it happening. That doesn't seem to be human nature. If I, in, like, 30 of my friends were snapped over to China, I'm pretty sure we would all try to live in the same neighborhood and live together because doing anything else would be scary and we wouldn't want to. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you. So you said you're a nationalist, correct? But you're not a civic nationalist. No. I don't believe in so civic what, nationalism. what does that leave you with? It's na- nationalism. But if you're not a civic nationalist, there's only, there's only two types of nationalism. What are... I, I guess religious could be one. You could be a religious nationalist, Maybe. you could be ethnic nationalist, you could be a civic nationalist, you could be... Right, but you're not advocating for religious. You're not advocating no. for civic. I'm advocating, advocating for, for American values, national constitutionalism, which says nothing well, that about... Would be civic. That's civic nationalism. It's not. If you take the original <laughs> constitution as a document, as yeah. it's written, yeah. it's not civic nationalism. That's exactly what, what it is. Slavery was legal. Only white men could vote. That's not civic okay, nationalism. Allowed, first of all, it was amended. So right, it was amended. So the Constitution now applies to everybody. Right. Um, but I don't have to agree with the amendments. That's not the original but Constitution. The we, but the reason we amended it is because we realized that, that it wasn't... Uh, it was right for its time, but... <clears throat> We realized that it wasn't, um, that it needed to be expanded. But I didn't realize that. Like, just because something was amended, that doesn't mean I had anything to do. I might not agree at all. Okay, but this is, okay, this is what's concerning to me about the point that you're trying to make, is that you're saying that you would ideally just go back to the original Constitution. For, for the most part. So, women, blacks... But reason. I don't agree with slavery. I don't think that anybody should have ever been brought here as a slave, and that wasn't in the Constitution. So what amendments do you disagree with? Um, well, it's hard to say, because if I had my ideal world, I would go back in time. I'd prevent slavery. I'd I know, pre- listen, I know you wouldn't put it in these words, because it would be very unpopular, but what you're arguing for is ethnic nationalism. In what way? In, in what way is me saying diversity works on a spectrum and too much is a bad thing and too little is a bad thing? In what way is oh, that? too little is a bad thing. Too little That's is a bad thing. That's the first time you've said that. Well, I've been trying to say that it works on a spectrum and like, people keep wanting to take the conversation somewhere to clarify a point. <laughs> but I think, like, that's what I was saying. Just because you have a 100% homogenous society, you, you'll probably have a pretty good economy. It'll probably be pretty stable. But that doesn't guarantee that you're going to do exceptionally well at all. A lot of the reason our economy does very well is because we steal the best and the brightest from all over the world, and that works. Like, well, we're not stealing them because I, they're coming. Perspective. They want to come. Here. Yeah, it's not like it's we're not forcing like, them. Yeah, we're not kidnapping them. And okay, that was another point that you made. You said if you take somebody from India and just drop them in America, they're gonna have different culture values. The average Indian, sure. Yes, uh, and then you also brought up the point about. If I go into someone's house, I have to abide by their rules. 
So, first of all, I think it's important to make a distinction that we're not we're not taking them. We're not just taking them in their current state and bringing them over here. They have seen something in America that attracts that attracts them. Something about whether it's the freedom or the economic potential or something about America, they would rather leave their home country and mm-hmm. come to a new place, even though they know nobody here. So they're they're already willing to accept our way of life just because we've we've shown that you know, it's an attractive place to be. So they're coming here on their own accord, which in and of itself is an act showing that they're willing to abide by our customs or at least uh, be willing to play the game in a fair way. Like, they're not coming here because they hate it. They ca- they're coming here because they like it. Right. They would prefer it to their own country. The second thing is, um, of course you have to abide by our rules it's our house that's that's what laws are for so but i don't think it should be mandatory that you change the food you eat or the culture or the language that you speak in your own house i don't, I don't think you should necessarily have to get rid of all of these aspects of your life because here's here's the thing if you only have one um very narrow ideology that you allow then it it excludes the benefit of all the other voices being heard so like if you have uh, let's say three people voting on an issue well the chances that 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 they're going to be wrong is fairly high but if you have a hundred million people voting on something then the chances that they're going to be wrong is pretty low so why is that so, let me, so, like, have you ever watched, this is a long concept, I probably shouldn't have even brought this up, but have you ever seen, like, How to Be a Millionaire? So yeah. they have, they yeah. have, like, the, the help that you mm-hmm. can ask for, where you ask the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. If you they only do a ask poll. four people, well, it's, it's, there's a good chance that the answer that the four people give you is going to be wrong. Like, Statistically, they'll probably get the answer right, but it's such a small sample size that it could easily be skewed towards the wrong thing. But if you ask, you know, a thousand people, that the chances that they're going to be wrong is pretty low. Mm. So, and that's the point that I'm trying to make. If you're hearing from a lot of different perspectives and cultures and different ways to do things and ideas, that's much better than just hearing from, you know, a small group. No, you're right. That's why I think it works on a spectrum. If you have no diversity of ideas or anything, mm. then you're probably not going to do much like economic exceptionalism. Yeah. But at the same time, if you have 100% different ideas and perspectives, you're also probably not going to do very well because it's too much. Yeah. I do think that you need a balance of different perspectives from different backgrounds, different social backgrounds, economic backgrounds, I think that's important. My whole point is that the attitude towards diversity today, and maybe the past like two decades, I think has been extremely unhealthy for the country as a whole. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I, I would agree in that diversity isn't necessarily uh, like the greatest thing right. ever, just in and of itself. But the reason I think. <clears throat> 
it's neutral to leaning more good than bad is just because you're getting mostly I think it's neutral but I think the be- the benefit if there is one is that you're getting to hear from a wider group of people um, who've had different life experiences and things like that that can help shape our own culture towards a, a better path mm. um, yeah which to be fair Economic studies have shown that that does have a positive relationship on um, economic performance. What specifically? Having um, access to different ideas from okay. different backgrounds. Like, <clears throat> I haven't seen any studies on like the social aspects of that, but as far as I know, and it makes sense that if if you're so limited in ideas and perspective that you're probably going to get stuck in like an economic rut, developmental rut. Because that only helps when if only one population is represented it's like yeah all the needs and benefits are going to go to that one population because there's not representation of the other populations yeah I definitely yeah I don't I also don't think that there should be mandatory representation like we have to have 12 percent you know blacks yeah 50 percent that's another like, huge issue yeah, just let people vote on who they think is going to lead the country I don't think there should be quotas and bullshit like that yeah. But we also need to think about intersectionality. Like, you've seen a lot of court cases where it's like, oh, say this three black women, I can't remember what the what this case was, but three black women go in because they were cut from their positions and, and there was some other information that I just can't remember off the top of my head. But basically, the company said, like, oh, well, look, guess what? There's white men represented, there's black men being represented, and there's white women being represented. You're black and female. See how those populations are also being represented without being represented. We have black people, and we have women. They're just not black women being represented. I mean, and you see that a lot in case studies, or in legal cases where it's like, oh, we can easily say it's like those two populations are being represented, but it's not the conjoined population that's being represented. I mean, to what extent... I mean, I feel like this kind of ties... It depends on the job and the industry. Yeah, I feel like this kind of ties into my point. To what extent do you take that? Like, let's say you have... Like, there's a bunch of Filipino people in America, and some of them are trans but you don't have a representative of a Filipino trans woman. Like, to what extent is the extra intersectionality, like, that just seems, like, so not helpful to, like, productivity and fairness. Like, to what extent do you take that? You could keep going down the line. A Filipino woman with glasses. Yeah, a Filipino trans woman with glasses who's also disabled. And then you just, like, keep, like, how, how many things... How many criteria? But I think it's also important to note that some some people, just on an individual level, are attracted to different occupations and jobs. Oh, yeah. So, like, I don't know, some people want to be a teacher, and some people want to be a doctor, and, and a lot of that does have to do with uh, culture, which a proxy indicator, it's not a hard and fast rule, but a proxy indicator of that could be ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I mean, like, a lot of people say that uh, um, 
black people are underrepresented in pop culture. Well, it depends on what aspect you're looking at because if you're talking about actors, no, there's di- there's a disproportional in a positive direction amount of black mm-hmm. people who are actors. Whether it's rappers and singers, no, there's like a lot of black people that are rappers and singers. Mm-hmm. So it's like it just depends on the the sector that you're looking at. So people just gravitate towards they have different preferences. Yeah. I don't know. Because once you once you set quotas, then what if somebody doesn't want to fill that position? What if there's just yeah. not enough people that are like mm-hmm. wanting that job? Like and then and then it's another thing, like to what extent do you take it? What if janitors aren't proportional to the to the ethnicity of the population? It's like do you have to have a certain number of black janitors and I don't know, it's just Yeah. Uh just gets more and more complicated the more you hone in on it. That's why I think people should just be free to make their own decisions. I just, I, I don't believe Well, the interesting thing in other countries, that doesn't exist. Like people if, making if, their own decisions. No, no, no. Like <laughs> intersectionality. Refer- if you go to Japan, that's not, that's not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> but it's interesting. Singapore, you go to any of those places, like this is not a, a thing. China, no. Well, China just says, you know, what say? What the fuck are you talking about? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that is, uh, if you want to call it a benefit, I definitely would never want to live under a dictatorship, but that is the benefit of a dictatorship, assuming you have a benevolent dictator. Yeah, fingers crossed. Or, or not benevolent, but a smart dictator, that they can just kind of remove the bullshit yeah. and just kind of command their way <laughs> to victory. <laughs> Some, I mean, sometimes it's just needed. Most yeah. of the time, no, but sometimes... See, the problem with China is that it's such, like, people look at China and, and see, like, communism works and... and it's and, not like, communism at all, inter- yeah. Enterprise. Well, there, there's a... State-owned enterprise is a serious issue uh, with China. And I, I think they are mm-hmm. they are communist. Um, certainly socially. Yes. Economically, no. still... Um, you think so? I would still say, because just... I mean, look at how close... Um, closely related to their businesses are with the government. Um, and, like, China's GDP as a percentage is very high, but per capita, mm. they're like a fifth of what U- the U.S. is. It's like for every $5 that an American makes, a Chinese person gets $1. Yeah. So it's like... On an individual level, they're actually not that wealthy. No. Um, But just because of the sheer number of people they have, they barely have to do anything for Mm -hmm. them to become the the leader of GDP in the world. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can be a socialist country and still have a 10,000 GDP per capita. Yeah, well, especially when you have no labor rights and you're able to undersell every other producer in the world and everybody has to yeah. buy from you then. Yeah, it gets pretty easy. Right. But, but like, even the USSR had a, a pretty strong GDP, but it eventually collapsed just right. because it, it was socialist. Maybe. So, I, I've heard a lot of those figures were not real. A lot of what? The figures that the USSR produced were not real. Uh, 
which about, I have about their GDP. Yeah, yeah which possibly. I don't have a problem believing. Well, I, I just think that the China case is so early. It's like, yeah, it looks like it's working now, but the USSR lasted a good 60 years. Yeah. So it's like, they're only 30 years in. That it could go south real quick, and they've only had one dictator like this. What happens if... if Less confident. Because... Xi Jinping's not a benevolent dictator, but he's really smart. Yeah, he is. Um, so, yeah, all it takes is <laughs> one bad one. Yeah, it's interesting. China's really interesting case of weirdness. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many factors, but it it's not a model that is really replicable because they... Their no. country just has, like, thousands of years of no. history of their people just being told what to do and them listening. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Works out for them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I just wonder how... Uh, it's It'll be interesting to see what happens to China in the next 20 or 30 years, because I have a feeling that that just because they haven't liberalized their society at all... I don't think that's going to be good for them. Like, just the fact that it's not a democracy. But I could be wrong. Yeah, who knows? They don't deal with a lot of stuff we have to deal with, so that's pro for them. And some of the things that they deal with, they deal with in a really shitty way. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> so do we. Not as bad as them, though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like suppressing a whole small country <laughs> and beating them <laughs> into submission. Multiple countries. Yeah, because yeah, they have their Taiwan, Hong Kong, which is... Yeah. Hong Kong is complicated because they technically still have, like, have their own government yeah. and all this other stuff. And Wait, so when was that? When was the last time you looked into Hong Kong? I haven't looked into it for like a I year. Think I'm Just recently sure they had a big issue. I'm pretty well, sure... The Hong Kong protests were... Yeah, so that was the last time that the news... Yeah. Covered Hong Kong <laughs> was during the protest, but China got real pissed off about that, and they're back in their cage. Yeah. Like the NBA, oh, like God. backed off. Yeah, the media just will isn't not that cover. interesting. I thought that was so interesting. The ties with the NBA in China. I was like, whoa. Well, but even that's even creepy. Corporate, corporate media just just for the most part will not even report on China's yeah. issues, and. Um, what are you gonna say? Yeah, did you guys see like okay the, during the first presidential debate in China mm-hmm. they they censored Donald Trump speaking, yeah. cut him out, and then when Joe Biden speaks, yep. they broadcast yeah. it when they were talking about China. And then that happened in the vice presidential debate too, because yep. yep. Pence started talking about China, and yeah, all the TVs, all the radios just like yep. went black. For me, that should be enough for America to be like, okay, we are launching a full investigation to see yeah. what you guys are up to, because I don't think this is... Then, all right, I want to hear y'all's opinion about this. So, <clears throat> imagine for a moment that a given country, not necessarily China, but some country has, nu- like, a nuclear power accidentally launches a nuclear weapon, hits the United States, but they're like, hey, this was an accident. We didn't mean to do it. It was just, it was unintentional. Like, sorry. What do you think the response from the U.S. should be? 
Like, we just got hit by a nuke, but they're saying... Does it hit us? They didn't We're, mean to declare war. Where yeah. does it hit? Um, let's just say... Like, let's LA? say it hits Hawaii or something. Oh. Well, in an ideal world... That, do you remember the, the fake message? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it actually hit us. Right. We weren't able to stop it. Okay, I would say in an ideal world that this is your fault and you need to financially cover every single thing that we're going to need to fix and pay for, and if you don't, we're going to war. Probably to pay reparations to families, too. So, so a quarter million people just get killed, and we're like, okay, we forgive you as long as you pay us. I'd say we should investigate, too, whether it was really an accident. And if it was an accident, then I think that's the only, like, what, that's the only, like, ethical thing you can do. We can't just, like, bomb them in retaliation, because, I mean, greater shit. that'll just cause... But, <laughs> what if it was... <laughs> but what if this? Well, the thing is, like... <laughs> what do you want us to say? Who launches it? What would your answer for this Tungsten rods? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I think you would have to... I, probably what I would do is hit a small town of their country with a nuke, because you don't want to set the precedent that... Anyone could just nuke us and then say it was an accident, and then now we can't do anything about it. So I would think you would have to have to strategically find a smaller huh. town or a smaller city. That's interesting. Nuke them. Because, like, yeah, it would just be horrible precedent if a country nuked us, and all they had to do was say it was an accident, and now we don't do anything. But if you investigated exactly. and you found that it really was an accident... Then you just are responsible for... But how long does the investigation last? I mean, are you still going to want to nuke a country a month after the fact? Or yes. <laughs> a year, a year, yeah. ten years after the fact. You guys are getting, you guys are getting it. Well, you would, but there's still a lot of people... About Pearl Harbor days ago. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. But I think you, you would lose... get over it very well. ...political will. Anyway, my, my point is going to be, uh, even if... Let, let's assume that, that COVID leak out of... Uh, the Wuhan lab was an accident. Should there just be no retaliation whatsoever? I mean, because they've killed how many millions of people from COVID, yeah. and they've said, "Oh, it's an accident." So sorry, you can't do anything about it. Like, give, give us money. You're just supposed to sit here, and and your fuck up just killed millions of people. Like what? Money. They, they killed half a million <laughs> Americans. Half a million. Dude, that's like if you. You would have to nuke, what, uh, Denver? I think Denver is 600,000 people. Yeah. 700,000. 700, yeah. So that's almost the equivalent of nuking Denver. I mean... But then there's the radiation, which would go further than that. So like Right. Mm-hmm. Let's say a million that. or a million and a half people end up dying from the nuke. But my point is, it's like, it's the so what's Milwaukee? Like 400,000? Let's just say they nuke Milwaukee. That, it's the same number of dead people. But we're just supposed to sit here and take it because, oh, it was an accident. Like, that shit pisses me off. No, you should set a precedent like, I don't well, I mean, what do you accident. what do you do? You should say, never let this accident happen again. Um, but it's not like nukes where it's like, and like, it's, you're comparing two different things. One could, one has a lot more impact individually from person to person. Opposed to the other, which is one massive thing. It's, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, I think leveling a city is not the same. Permanently destroying a city is not the same as. Right. It's more people dying in a hospital. What I'm saying is, in terms of 
the amount of people that you're right killed. yeah and yeah. if you're including nuclear fallout then that, those people are dying even I think years after the fact it was intentional um but I think there's a possibility that it was right. intentional but even if it wasn't the fact that we just let that slide and we're not going to do anything about it well that shows other countries that they can do this and say it was an accident and now we what are yeah. we supposed to do just sit there and take it yeah I think um, but that it's not just us being affected yeah it's, it's like the whole it's, world the it's whole, the whole, whole say, world should say fuck you to China <laughs> so we pull a side tree and then just you know try you to could <laughs> I don't know I don't know what you would have to do in retaliation but there should be like some type of China's not allowed to have internet for a year. Or not a year, but yeah, like so a month. Something You're grounded. Something, <laughs> like, but for real though, something where they feel severe effects from their fuck up. Because now, they can pay. So they're not having severe effects right now? No. No. No, they don't. They, they've they've uh, been the only kind, they've been the uh, highest increase in GDP for any country in the world during COVID. Which is Economically speaking, that is major. So, economically speaking, sure. But individually, talking about the people, talking about socially, do you know the, about the restraints that they that that China has right now about being able to go outside? <laughs> yeah. But we didn't do China that to them. People. They did that to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but well, just because the Chinese though, government is punishing their own people doesn't mean that the Chinese government should be absolved of any wrong wrongdoing. I'm not blaming the Chinese people. I'm blaming the Chinese government for not... They just... Even if it was an accident, they just... You can't allow that to happen. Because now countries are going to realize, like, oh, we don't have to pay attention. Like, the reason that it happened, they claim, is because there was just not a lot of oversight right. over this bio lab. And so they weren't following all the safety protocols and whatever. Um... And so, but you say no. You fucking follow the safety protocols. Otherwise, there's going to be huge punishment because this can never happen again. Do you understand me? This can never happen again. You're responsible directly for millions of people dying. But it's China. What do you do? Yeah. They don't care. Oh, shit. They don't care. Yeah, they legit do. I have so many ideas. Like, oh, my God. Like, (laughs) if if you were to do an act of war against China, you would would 100% have World War III on your hands. Uh... Well, first of all, I think it should be a punishment that is, it can't be one direct major thing. It would have to be, because COVID wasn't one direct major thing. It was very gradual over months and months and months, and now it's like, you know, killed 500,000 people. I don't think we should necessarily start killing our people, but we should just create a lot of small uh, little problems for China that over it gradually just escalate and get to a point where it's unmanageable. I think you just have to cripple China from within, just to be 100% honest. Like, one thing that I would do is literally start smuggling weapons into Hong Kong <laughs> and start giving, start giving them guns. Because, dude, they want to be free. Yeah. They, they would be, a lot of them would be willing to die for You could do that. So I'm just they saying, like, it's all these little, uh, like, things that you just start poking. 
And then once you have all these holes and like the ship's just like filling with water, it's manageable at first, but then you just keep poking these holes and eventually they can't keep up. <laughs> I think that's what you have to do. That's what they're doing you're now. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's death by yeah. a thousand cuts. Chinese government. <laughs> Not the Chinese. Dude. Not the Chinese this people. This dude. dude. <laughs> the fucking government, dude. Oh, shit. Uh. <coughs> hey, they're United people. They get it done. Mm. It's like just the shit that they've been able to get away with. When, and Joe Biden's not going to do a fucking thing about it. No. That's another reason why I think Trump lost. Lost. Is because he... Most likely, I think he would have tried to hold China accountable in some way. And I think that China has such a heavy influence here in the media and politics that there is no way that was going to be, that was going to go down. Did you see that video that YouTube banned that uh, this, one of the major political strategists in China was talking about how they have, they've compromised uh, high-level economic and political elites in this country. Oh, really? And, yes, dude. And they freaking banned this video. Tucker, Tucker Carlson did a segment about it. But this guy, you're, like, reading the subtitles, huh. and you're just, like... Holy shit. Yeah, and he's, like, you know, the guy in the video <clears throat> talking about how he's not going to obviously name people because right. there, there are no <laughs> national security concerns, but he's, like, we have people in very high Was it like an undercover thing or was he just like talking no, to a camera like, like a talk and um, maybe he was lying well I don't I don't think he was because because I don't know if, I don't remember what happened to him but he might not be alive making public <laughs> public <laughs> appearances anymore <clears throat> huh I, think that, I didn't hear, did about, you hear that. about that story Mm-hmm. I usually see the Tucker clips. I didn't hear it. When was it? Like recently or last year? It would have been in like October. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, and he was saying, he was literally saying that we prefer, we're, we're working to get Joe Biden elected. Um, oh, no, it was after. It was after November 3rd because he was like, originally we were concerned that tr- Trump was going to get reelected. But now that Biden appears to be winning, uh, it looks like our you know, relationship with Wall Street is going to improve, is what he said. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's crazy. That's another reason that I'm like, pretty heavily nationalist, is like, because we all do that to each other. I think we're losing. Like, I think America is losing that fight. But like, we all do that to each other. We all like poke and prod and infiltrate and try to like, mm-hmm. get one over, blackmail each other. It's like, dude, just just leave each other alone. Russia does it, China does it, India does it, we do it. Built the cages. Oh, I love that. That was the, oh, that was beautiful when you said that. <laughs> well, they kept saying, like, you're, you're putting children in cages and separating families, and he's like, who built the cages? <laughs> who separated uh, families? That was, was, the, that was Obama. Yeah, now they call it what do they call it overflow facilities for Joe Biden same thing children in overflow facilities like you guys are so fucking evil (laughs) haven't heard a thing about it who knows how 
Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't hear about that. <clears throat> It'd be nice to find this. Has this been memory hold gone? So is Tucker's video that they took down, or the actual video that they took down? What's that? Was it, like, Tucker's video they took down, or the actual source video that they took down? Hmm. Good question. Well, this is just an article about the video. I don't know. It just says the Chinese government deleted the video off the internet after it was initially aired. Because they were like, we gave away too much information. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem believing it at all. Hello? Tomorrow, like, 1120... No, because my class doesn't end until 11. Yeah, sorry. All right, bye. Um, oh, okay, maybe this is it. This might be it. Please, dear Lord, let this be the video. a bunch of freaking articles writing about the video. Anyway. <sighs> oh, this might be it. so hysterically about Russia work, even as they were doing it, even as they were yelling about Vladimir Putin. In fact, they were doing precisely what they claimed to decry. They were working on behalf of a foreign power, our chief global rival, the government of China. The Russia hoax effectively was a diversion. It hid something that is not a hoax at all, but that is real and threatening to all of us. We're going to spend the foreseeable future reporting on the relationship between America's political and financial elites and the communist government of China that has made many of them very rich. But we want to start tonight with the evidence, with a remarkable video. This video was recorded a little over a week ago, on November 28th. The man you're about to see speak is a professor from Beijing called Di Dong Cheng. The video comes from an appearance that he made on a Chinese television show about Wall Street and international trade. Di Dongsheng works at Renmin University in Beijing. He is also, like so many in academia in China, a servant of his country's government. This video was deleted from Chinese social media soon after being uploaded, and there's a reason for that, as you'll see. The Trump administration is in a trade war with us, so why can't we fix the Trump administration? Why between 1992 and 
That video is real, and those subtitles are accurate. We checked today with two different Chinese speakers and confirmed that. What he just said, what you just read on the screen, tells the story. This is as close to a smoking gun as we have ever seen. Quote, we have people at the top of America's core inner circle of power and influence. According to the man you just saw, that has been true for decades. So who are these people, and how many of them work in our media and in our government? Anyway, that's pretty much it. But yeah, bro. That's insane. And, and like, we already know for a fact that Joe Biden has received millions yep. of dollars from the Chinese government. <laughs> That's crazy. I never heard about that one. Dude. There's stuff like that, so it's like, I used to be super political, like, very into politics. And, like, I spent all this time on it, you know, all this researching, all this stuff. And, like, even though I still believe those things now, it's gotten to a point where it's like, I don't think any of it matters. Because of stuff like this. It's just, y- there's nothing you can do. There's so many moving parts. You'll never know the truth. You'll never get the truth. It's it's all a show. Like, everything you're shown. Voting doesn't work. You don't know You don't know who's in charge. Like, it's just like, why well, care? Uh, well, with that attitude, you'll never know. <laughs> but, I don't think we should just accept it as a lost cause. That was uh, one of my professors... In political science, hmm. he would he would always just say um, he'd always say things like, maybe we just need to take a lesson from from uh, England and just decline in grace, like you know. And he would just kind of make those statements. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? I will not go gently into that good night. <laughs> like like if there was like a faction in the U.S. that was like you know let's go to war let's you know rise up and get them I'd be like okay yeah let's do it but I, there's I mean, just, I don't know there's not direct physical war with China that probably wouldn't end well but I mean with like our own government like uh, like revolutionary it's like it's well past the time you guys are so like rotten I think if they if it ever gets to a point where they try to take guns away I think that's what would you hope what would spark it I hope. I thought this virus, I thought this would do it. I was waiting. I was like, I guess that, that is, oh, okay. I was like, this is going to get, this is finally going to get people to be like, you know what? Well, the problem is that the the only places that did like the really hardcore lockdowns are already democratic in the first place. Yeah, that's true. So it's Nothing's like, going to happen. Yeah, they're not going to, they're already, Democrats overall are just more willing to be commanded to by government. Yeah. It's, uh, that's interesting. But, yeah, I, I just wait now. It's like, you know, I don't, like, is there a political solution anymore? Eh, I have right. less and less hope every that's day. A, that's another area, though, that I think the U.S. is, the reason why I would never want to leave the U.S. is just because of the liberal gun laws that we have. Just the fact that yeah. I'm actually able to defend myself. Go to Switzerland. Yeah. If you can, they don't let anyone in yeah, unless you're Swiss. I tr- I looked at it because I was like, I, you know, I'm d- I want to leave, and I was like, I'd go to Switzerland. You can't get yeah, in. Yeah, speak German. You cannot get in. French. Yeah, <laughs> unless you either are in the EU, or have some like family in Switzerland, you're not getting in. Yeah, they have very strict immigration. I was like, man, those immigration laws look nice. Like they would probably accept America, 
Americans. I wouldn't. Yeah. If I was a Swiss government, I'd be like, <laughs> you did this to yourselves, idiots. You're not coming here. I mean, yeah, maybe not. Just because they're so neutral. And it's the same thing with Californians moving out. We're all like, no, fuck you. Stay yeah. in California. But I think there's probably just a pretty strong litmus test about what you have to believe yeah. to come in. Yeah, that's the one place I'd go if it was possible. Yeah. I tried learning German, and it was not easy, so. <laughs> yeah, Switzerland would be awesome. And I love the mountains, too. Dude, it's so beautiful there. <laughs> like, please, just let me in. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mind my business. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't, like, the problem is that I love America so much, and I just... I connect so much with the spirit of the Revolutionary War and just the fuck you attitude. Yeah. And I just don't want to give that up. Like, I, I just, I want to... It's going away. just reform, and not a lot, not even reform. I'd rather just go back to our constitutional values. That'd be nice. Um, it's going away, though. <laughs> yeah. It's eroding. And it's escalating. Yeah, faster and faster. And, and Okay, but that's the problem with using the, the terminology of progressive to describe Democrats. Because it implies that it's always these good. are the future thinking. Like, this is what the yeah. future is going to look like. And it's going to be good. This is progress. Yeah. And so that label is so detrimental to Republicans. The fact that they call themselves conservatives, in my opinion, it just, the term conservative implies that you're just a barrier to progress. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah, that's trying, the whole point of the name. You're just trying to hold yeah. on to the past and conserve what conserve yesterday, rather than you know being future thinking. And, yeah. But it's like it's completely the opposite. It's the opposite. I had an. I, in- I don't like that conservatives or Republicans call themselves conservatives. I don't. It's it's completely. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. I had an interesting thought the other day, and I was thinking about like what motivates each party, and I think. Like, for me, it makes a lot of sense that the Democratic Party revolves around instant gratification, and the Conservative Party revolves around delayed gratification. So, Democrats see a bunch of, a big caravan of people wanting to move in here, and they're like, yeah, let them in. They're, they want a better life. It's going to be so great for them, and that's going to make them feel good right now. But if you look at what the repercussions could be from letting all these people in, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a good thing. Yeah. Whereas if you delay your gratification, you you're like, look, I'm sorry, like I'm, it sucks that you're having a hard time, but we yeah. can't just let you guys all in here. And then you yeah. you wait, and then it's like, hey, this was a good, this was good. Another, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I think another way to say it is like just in in other words, uh, I think, um, instant gratification and delayed gratification could also just be summed up in saying. Democrats, by and large, are emotionally driven and respond well to emotional arguments, whereas Republicans are kind of more of the logic and talking about the unemployment numbers and the GDP and, like, this kind of thing, and more of a delayed gratification kind of thing. So it's like Republicans respond well to a logical argument where emotions are, where there's not much emotion, which can be a bad thing sometimes, but... Democrats are very good at making the emotionally compelling argument, yeah. like, look, the children in They're caves. crying. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, 
I think Republicans have to learn how to make both an emotionally compelling argument and a logically compelling argument if there's ever going to be a chance. Because the problem is that people vote on emotions. Yeah. No, they do. Yeah. It's hard when you're com- when that's what you're competing with. Yeah. Which is why I think you said something about having a litmus test for voting. Well, I, yeah, that's what I strongly pieces. agree with. Is like, if you can't display like political and economic competence, you should not be able to vote. You just shouldn't. I I also think that if if you don't have a family, and you don't own property, you probably shouldn't be voting. Because what own are you voting for? Or what about just have a job? I don't know. Maybe. I don't, if, if, if you're a taxpayer. If you had a good... <laughs> no. No. If you, if you were able to form a good enough argument, I might change my mind on having a job, but just being a taxpayer, then no. It's not it enough. is weird that people who don't pay taxes get a say in where my taxes go. It's not weird. It's absolutely absurd. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking nonsense. Yeah, but at the same time, I also want democracy to apply to as many people as possible. I just don't think it it works well. My experience with people is that... Wait, so why just property owners? Why not just taxpayers? Be, because if you don't own property, what, what are you... I mean, what are you voting on? You don't own anything, so... Taxes? What? Where do your taxes go? But we already don't get to vote on that. Well, you, you get to vote on... On... <laughs> I mean, you kind of... Indirectly, you do. By... I guess. Who you, voting, who you vote for. Right, but, I mean, if you're somebody like me, you think that that doesn't matter at all. So... Voting? You, yeah. So why even bring up property owners? Well, it obviously doesn't matter in our, our world. It's The vote sailed. But um, I, I think it would be maybe it would help things if you're like, okay, these are some qualifications you need to meet if you're going to vote now. Or, or you could just get It'd be harder people to cheat. off of government dependency and get yeah. more people working. Good luck with that. But, yeah, that'd be nice. Well, yeah, it's not you would just convince them. It's more you would, you would remove the incentive to stay on government welfare. Yeah, which there is... Not removing government welfare, right. but removing the incentive to stay yeah. stuck on There's a lot of incentive to stay on it. That's one of the... I think... Uh, what were you saying? Something about voting. Um, I can't remember exactly what you're saying. I think you should have to pledge... Well, I think at a bare minimum, you should first of all have to have an... You should have to show an ID... That you're an American citizen. Racist. Already <laughs> but, yeah, that's like bare minimum. And the fact that we can't even get that is just so ridiculous. Well, I didn't know you were a bigot, Jonathan. <laughs> and then um, yeah. also voting in person. And, like, just have the voting laws of 2016 or 2012. Like, Obama got elected under fair voting laws for the most part. California wasn't super fair. Or 17... 999. <laughs> That's so oh. dumb. Why would you... <laughs> <laughs> black people can't vote? Women can't vote. 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 Women can't vote
can display competence in politics and economics. It's like you should have to take a test to vote. Yeah, I think so. Really? I think so. I, what do you do? Just, yeah, just voter ID, and you have to vote in person. I don't. I, I just want to know that, that it's legit. That's my only thing. But, like, the fact that we have to ask for the absolute bare minimum, like, and we already can't and we don't get it, yeah. It just makes me it's like okay, well then I want, I want all of these things because I can't even get the bare minimum. Hmm. Did y'all see uh, Joe Biden's town hall with like? Yes. The, yeah, you know what no. I'm talking about. I didn't see that. He said something about like minorities don't know how to get online. He just said it again. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, just heard I about that. that. I was what like, did he actually say though? That I have I have the video. Minorities. I saw some TikTok on it and honestly it just. Was it the black dude hopping yeah, around the computer? Around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, Opens dude, that is so... Dude, I'll try to find that it. Honestly yeah, that is so funny. I was like, <laughs> I can't... If this was Trump, there would literally be riots. Riots. <laughs> well, Trump would never say that. That's the <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what his advisor No, but I, I truly do believe that white Democrat elites do view black people that way. It's... it's it's the only rational explanation. It is deleted. From YouTube? From TikTok. TikTok is deleted. Do you have Rumble? Mm-mm. It's a YouTube alternative. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. I think I've heard of it, but I had no idea what it was. Yeah, that's what I use, because I can't find half the videos that I'm looking for yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they all get deleted. Like Trump's recent interview on Newsmax. Oh, really? Yeah, he did his first interview... Well, he did a thing for Rush Limbaugh, but then after that, he did an interview, and YouTube deleted it, and it's just like, dude, I just can't stand the censorship yeah. garbage. Um, well, another interesting thing about the Democratic Party voting in minorities is that, um, in, in my mind, I think Democrats take advantage of this like blatantly. I think it's like really easy to see, and I think it's illegal, is that... If, if you look at psychological studies, the demographics with age and race and gender, if you look at all those, and you say, who is more likely to be influenced by propaganda and by emotional arguments? It's teenagers, the elderly, women, and minorities. And so when I, it just, to me, the conspiracy makes so much sense that the Democratic Party would be so invested in increasing minorities, increasing diversity, because it's literally just more people for them to take advantage of, which they do. Like, their arguments are specifically targeted for the people that they want to go after, and it works. And or it's a losing game. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, okay, or Republicans can just improve, improve they, their... Yeah, ideals. that'd be great, but they haven't. Well, it's because a lot of them are a bunch of pussies, and they won't. <laughs> That's true. Well, they won't. That's they very won't true. Just, they won't grow up here, and and actually explain. I've never heard a Republican politician like actually go through the history of the Democrat Party and be like, "These people are, are deceiving you. They are lying to you. They have been the oppressors the whole time." And it's just like they just don't have the backbone to even bring that yeah. up. Yeah, no, you're right. That is the main reason I turned away from the Republican Party. I was like, they're they're never going to accomplish anything. Are it you doesn't. Libertarian or what's your 
Peace Nationalist. Is that a party? For it's my party. I don't know if it's a party, <laughs> but it's uh, it's my party. Were you able to? Let me see if I can find that. We can end. We can end on that. The video. Joe Biden thing. Yeah, if I could. Dude, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this has to be from a long time ago. No, that it was from his. Recent touch it down the video. Yeah, it's from like seven days ago. Yeah, I bet I could find. You, did there. you find it? I'm looking through the transcript, which is excessive. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't I believe it. Um, I got it. Ben Shapiro talks about it. I know he did because I watched it. Mm. Biden. What do you, do you say? Blacks or just minorities? So, the the question from at least this is one of the things that it was asked is about healthcare. Consider it given. Considering COVID-19 made a significant impact on black Americans, especially here in Milwaukee, and thus the exasperation of our racial disparities in healthcare, we have seen less than 3% of blacks and less than 5% of Hispanics, given the total number of vaccines that have been administered at this point. Is there a priority, is that a priority for the Biden administration, and how would these disparities be addressed, both locally and nationally? Um, and he's talking about like physical ac- access to things and physical what? Physical access to things. Oh. And. But he literally says that oh they don't God. know how to get yes. the internet. Yeah, and it's. Or they yeah something like that. Oh he definitely God. didn't say access. It might have been a different question then. Yeah, it was deleted. Dude, that is so crazy that YouTube just deletes that shit. It's gone for everything. I can't, uh... <laughs> oh. Man. Mm-hmm. The fact checkers, bro. Oh my gosh. I'm, like, not even, like, a quarter of the way through this. And I've been scrolling for, like, at least, like, five minutes. Have you, uh... Do you have a parlor account? I almost got one, but then I just... I've never been on there. Isn't it like a Twitter thing, kind of? It's like a mix between Facebook and... I think I, I think I found it. Yeah. ...in the United States Congress and agreed that I would... All, all, of, the, all of the community health centers now, which take care of the... the toughest of the toughest neighborhoods in terms of illness they are going to get a million doses for over 6,700 pharmacies that is also now being opened thirdly I also am providing for mobile two minutes and 38 mobile seconds vans, mobile usually uh, five miles of a, of a Walgreens let's say the fact is if you're 70 years old you don't have a vehicle and you live in a thing we found is oh you did okay oh shit yeah So they don't know how to get online, and they don't know how to get in a line. Oh, 
yeah. that is one of my favorite ever just him bouncing around the that TikTok. Wait, did, have you seen that TikTok though? That he just played? Or no, I haven't. Because there's a <laughs> dude, that's there's so a, funny. Yeah. I'm not on TikTok, man. So funny. Oh crap. Wait, so it's still on TikTok? Yeah. Wow. Like, my my video that I like is deleted. For it and like click on a, another one and then find it. Yeah, I don't have TikTok. Dude, don't around. get it. It's so addicting. <laughs> it's I just don't bother with it. Every night, dude, I have to. Yeah. Anyway, Parlor was was like gone for. That's right. I heard about that. Yeah, they well, shut it down a, for like a month and a half. They shut down the servers, right, with Facebook and Amazon. Yeah. Didn't Amazon take the lead on that and say, well, Twitter, Amazon, yeah, yeah. And then, poof, gone. Yeah. Nothing about it. Oh, Apple too. Yeah. yeah, all these big corporations shut down the company. That's right. I remember. Uh, no, don't talk about they were it. like, if you don't implement a moderation policy within 24 hours, you're getting deleted. And it's like, 24 hours? That would take months. Yeah. <laughs> and also, they do have a moderation policy. Yeah. Their moderation is, if it's legal to say... And Go for it, and, yeah. Yeah, you can say it on our platform. It's so obviously like conspiracy and monopolization of power. And, and then Jack Dorsey, the... CEO of Twitter. He, did you see that screenshot he posted? Of, so when he, when Parler first got banned, he posted a screenshot of the top five apps on the App Store, and it was Parler mm-hmm. for like weeks right. because people were like, "We're sick of this censorship." Yeah, they're leaving. And um, so Parler was like number one for weeks, and then it got banned. And Jack Dorsey posted a screenshot of the top five, and Parler wasn't there anymore. That's nice. Yeah. And he just posted a heart emoji. Wow. Yeah. Like, dude, he's so weird. You just monopolistically banned your competition. <laughs> but since you have a hold of the White House, yeah. Then it's so absurd, man. Right. If that if something like that had happened a hundred years ago, he would be dead. Pe- pe- would be people dead. would have killed you for doing that. Yeah, well, I, I don't think we should kill him. <laughs> Steven Crowder just got banned on Twitter too. He just got suspended. It just doesn't surprise me anymore. It's no. Like Donald Trump is still yeah. off. Yeah. After, if they if they ban Trump, then I, I'm surprised that any. While he was president, right? They banned him. Oh yeah. yeah. Like yeah. in his yeah, last. Right after January sixth, yeah. maybe even longer. Funny how they were like almost knew he wasn't gonna win. Well, dude, I freaking okay. So my pinned tweet on my Twitter. Uh, I'm friends with this girl who has a lot of followers and she likes to retweet a lot of my stuff. Mm. And I had this tweet that had over 5,000 likes. And uh, after January 6th, I never posted anything about January 6th, but after January 6th, my followers and my likes on my pinned tweet just like started dropping slowly. So I used to have over 500 followers. Now I only have like 400 60. But that's after I've like, I'm like trying to make up the right, difference yeah. every day. So it's like every time I gain a follower, I lose like one or two. Shadow banned. But dude, I'm not joking. I used to have, I took a screenshot. I used to have over 5,000 likes on this tweet, and now I have 4,200. And it's like you're literally going back in time and removing likes. From Either that account. or all those accounts have been deleted. Maybe so. I guess, well, do, would it remove all the likes that they already gave? Um, I would only imagine so. I think, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense oh, to me. Yeah. Either way, it's like the same thing. It's censorship. But like, and retweets are going backwards. Like, how do, how does it go backwards? That doesn't even make sense. 
And I used to have over 100,000 views on that tweet. And now I only have 99,000. And it's like, how do you remove How do you views? remove a view, yeah. It doesn't Where'd that sense. person go? Yeah, are they re- completely, like, re- eliminating the internet footprint of that user? Because that's the only way you could do that. So that's what happened. It's just weird. Hundreds of people of were... Conservatives on January 6th. Yeah. Damn. And I, like, they just started I have, losing crap tons of followers. And at that point, it's not like I, I was, like, this huge major conservative voice. I had 500 followers. Right. <laughs> Even me, like, they were losing yeah. followers. That's funny, man. It's just ridiculous, dude. Well, now Instagram is what, wanting to go through your messages to see if there's any hate hate speech or something in really? there, and if they find any, oh, you're yeah. banned. So my account will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Uh, but they consider hate speech even just... Oh, anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's anything. not like you have to use the N-word. Oh. I mean, we all play video games like PlayStation and that. Not anymore. Like, if, if yeah. you support lower immigration, even, that's, that's Oh, yeah, that's, that's hate speech. You're going to hell. If you ask someone where they're, <laughs> what country they're from, that's hate speech. Yeah. Straight to hell. The floor will just open up and you're right to the bottom. Take me now. Yep. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> no, I you really need yeah, to figure out how it. to fix how to, like, end this. Just, just have some, like, intro-outro music. Here and debate that. And that was your <laughs> of America. <laughs> <laughs>